There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. I know many of you have been deeply troubled by the conflicting reports of the Capitol siege on January 6th of this year. However, there is a related subject that should trouble you just as much, if not more. The United States Capitol building in Washington, D.C. has been under siege spiritually since its construction began in 1793. That's a very strong statement, I know, so let me begin by laying a good foundation. I want you to know I love the United States of America, and I love Washington, D.C. My family and I have visited our capital city many times, and we never cease to be awed by the heritage displayed there. However, I am also troubled by much of the symbolism, even occult symbolism, I find in that city that makes me concerned for the spiritual state and the future of our great nation. Please do not jump to conclusions about my conclusions, because some of my conclusions are going to be somewhat shocking to you. But don't deem them to be unpatriotic, because I am very patriotic. I love this fortress of freedom and pray that it stays that way for many, many years to come. However, my highest allegiance is to the kingdom of God and the glorious king of that kingdom and the truth that he came to reveal. Yes, truth is my highest area of loyalty. On this short podcast, There's no way I can cover all the territory that needs to be covered, but I can highlight some primary points. The United States Capitol cornerstone was laid with full Masonic ceremonial symbolism by the President of the United States, George Washington, who was a Mason, and he was assisted by the Grand Master of Maryland, Joseph Clark, in a Masonic ritual that is very well documented. Though most Masons are probably not aware of it, on the highest level, Freemasons are Luciferians. They are worshipers of Lucifer. You may say that's just absolutely unacceptable and unbelievable. Well, let me read from a book called New World Order, The Ancient Plan of Secret Societies, by an author named William Still. On page 26 of that book, he mentions that Albert Pike, in 1889, simultaneously occupied the positions of Grand Master of the Central Directory of Washington, D.C., the head of D.C. Masonry, and he was the Grand Commander of the Supreme Council of Charleston, or the head of the American Masonry or Masonic Order, and he was sovereign pontiff 
of universal Freemasonry, which is the head of world masonry. Now, he occupied a very prominent position in 1889, and he said this, that the Masonic religion should be by all of us initiates of the high degrees maintained in the purity of the Luciferian doctrine. Lucifer, according to that viewpoint, is the God of light. And the God of the Bible, Adonai, or Yahweh, is the God of darkness. And that ultimately, the belief is the God of light, Lucifer, will overcome Yahweh or Jehovah, the God of darkness. And so they exalt Lucifer to the highest position to be revered, to be worshipped, to be served. Now, that sounds shocking all by itself, I'm sure, to many of you. And one day I will do a program exclusively on the Masonic Order. But this is all about the Capitol building. Yet the Capitol building was dedicated the day the cornerstone was laid with a Masonic ritual and masonry is devoted to Luciferianism. Now, Lucifer is different than Satan. Many Satanists will tell you that, and Luciferians will tell you that. Now, in a biblical framework of thinking, Lucifer and Satan are one and the same, if Lucifer is a correct name for Satan. It's only found one place in the Bible, in Isaiah chapter 14, in the verses that deal symbolically with the fall of Satan verses 12 through 19. But it is disputable and it is debatable whether or not the word Lucifer is properly translated from the original Hebrew and if it is a proper name. However, again, that's not the focus of this program, and certainly we should make it the focus of an upcoming program. But let's walk into the Capitol building. Let's go into the very rotunda room where on the ceiling you will see a fresco, a mural painted by the Greek-Italian artist Constantino Bramidi in 1865, and it's visible through the oculus of the dome in the rotunda of the United States Capitol building. The name of that fresco that is suspended 180 feet above the rotunda floor and covers an area of 4,664 square feet is the Apotheosis of Washington. That's the name of the mural, the Apotheosis of Washington. The word apotheosis literally means the raising of a person to the rank of a god or the glorification of a person as an ideal. And George Washington was honored as the national icon of the ideal of freedom in the 19th century. But the depiction on the ceiling of the rotunda really is representative of George Washington in the appearance of a deity. In the center, Washington is flanked by allegorical figures of two women representing liberty and victory, 
Also, they represent authority and fame. And then a rainbow arches through the clouds beneath him. And then he is surrounded by 13 female figures in flowing robes representing the original 13 states. And some of those 13 women hold a banner with the motto, E Pluribus Unum which means out of many, one. It's also found on the back of your dollar bill, but it's associated with the great seal that also contains the statement Novus Ordo Seclorum, which means new world order. And it's a capped pyramid with the all-seeing eye of Osiris, some say, that represents world dominion, the new world order, the ultimate goal. Now, another program should be devoted to just that symbol. But around the canopy's perimeter, and this is where it gets really troubling to me, around the canopy's perimeter with the appearance of being below the 13 women and Washington are six groups that represent war, science, marine, commerce, mechanics, and agriculture. Each scene combines false deities, gods, and goddesses, along with important figures from American history and the latest 19th century inventions that were known in that day. The symbolism is definitely not biblical. The deities on the ceiling of the center of our law-making building are from the Roman pantheon. And may I remind you that God will not share space in a temple with a false god. Do you remember the story of Dagon, the Philistine god, in 1 Samuel chapter 5? When the Philistines captured the ark, they put it in the temple of their god, Dagon. And when the priest came back the next day, they were very surprised to find that Dagon had fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. And they took Dagon and set him up in his place again. And when they arose on the next day, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground once again before the ark of the Lord. But the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off and only the stump of Dagon was left to him. So the priests of Dagon refused to tread on the threshold of that building ever again. Well, that showed God's attitude toward sharing space with false deities. And of course, we don't know exactly how it happened. Quite possibly, God sent angels into the temple of Dagon who executed those judgments against that statue, that man-made idol that was worshipped by people as a legitimate deity and yet was completely fabricated by the imagination of man. And the goddesses and the gods that surround George Washington on the rotunda ceiling are just as offensive to God. Let me name them and tell you what they represent. First, you have Minerva who is the Roman goddess of wisdom and the arts of civilization. She's depicted with a helmet and a spear. She's pointing to an electric generator, creating power stored in batteries. 
next to a printing press, and the inventors Benjamin Franklin, Samuel F.B. Morse, and Robert Fulton are watching her. Next is Neptune, the Roman god of the sea, holding his trident and crowned with seaweed. He's riding in a shell chariot drawn by seahorses. And Venus, the goddess of love, born from the sea, helps to lay the transatlantic cable. And in the background is the form of an ironclad ship with smokestacks. Then you have Mercury, the god of commerce and financial gain. And he is crowned with a winged cap and sandals and a caduceus. And he holds a bag of gold, which he hands to Robert Morris, who was the financier of the Revolutionary War. Then you have Vulcan, the god of fire and of the forge. And he stands at his anvil with his foot on a cannon near a pile of cannonballs and a steam engine in the background. Finally, you have Cirrus, the goddess of agriculture, grain, and the harvest, and she is shown with a wreath of wheat and a cornucopia, which represents abundance, and she's seated on a McCormick reaper. If the deification of our first president, surrounded by six Roman deities, is not enough occult symbolism to disturb you, what about the fact that in the great hall of the Library of Congress, you find images in the floor of the sun in the very center and the 12 signs of the zodiac surrounding it? That's not just artistic license. That's respect for a system of belief that God forbids. It's a form of divination divining the future and divining mystical knowledge by means of anything other than a true relationship with the living God. It's absolutely forbidden. Besides, astrology is based on a Ptolemaic view of the solar system. Ptolemy was a second century astronomer and geographer who taught that the earth was the center of the solar system, and the sun and the moon and the planets revolved around the earth on a backdrop of unmoving stars, which is absolutely the opposite of the truth. But according to that viewpoint and that worldview, the sun passes through 12 houses as it makes its circuit around the earth. So if the basis of astrology is wrong, all of the assumptions that follow that basic belief must be wrong as well. How dare the constructors of our capital city show respect for something that God completely disrespects? But that's just another one of the occult symbols that you will find in Washington, D.C., I don't believe we will see our nation return to righteousness the way it should until it recognizes the purity of biblical doctrine. And that's only going to take place if there is a massive national awakening and global awakening spiritually. And I believe the time is now. The time is now for an invasion of the power of the Holy Spirit worldwide. Politics are not going to be the answer. 
for us. Certainly, I revere those who stand for conservative values against this flood of liberal thinking that has filled our nation coast to coast and border to border. Thank God for the men and women that stand up for views that are biblically based and morality still in a very immoral generation. But our answer is not going to be solely in the political processes. We must have a new spiritual awakening and revival that will bring us back to the Bible and will bring us back to a recognition that we cannot mix biblical principles with false religion, which is exactly what you see in our capital city. There's much more that can be said about this subject, but I would just urge you to pray for our capital city, pray for our senators and congressmen, pray for the president, the vice president, the cabinet, pray for all state governments and city officials and county officials, pray that the spirit of the living God will reveal truth to all of them. Since January 6th, the Capitol building has been the focus of a great deal of attention, and now I've brought attention to a different aspect of it, and I think an aspect that needs our attention. What am I suggesting? Well, there's not much you can do about an established building, but you can remove respect for those idolatrous things from the hearts of people who are under the authority of the lawmaking that goes on in that building. That's what revival will accomplish. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shree's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.